0: Alright, welcome back to the Dark to the Light Show. My name is Josh. Hope everybody is doing well out there. Had a great weekend and getting ready for the week to come. And you know, every week I jump in here on Monday and it's just like, what is happening in this world? How is how is any of this even possible? We have a major border crisis. I don't even know the estimates on the amount of people that have crossed over the border, but I do know what is kind of happening there. See, the Department of Homeland Security, our federal government, has been issuing cell phones to people before they get to the border. And on these cell phones is an app, an app on this phone. And when they open up the app, it allows them to make an appointment at the border. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. to to schedule an appointment, to, to begin the process of asylum, to begin the process of becoming a citizen. These phones are issued to migrants before they even get close to the border. Millions upon millions of dollars have been spent issuing these phones to these people. Not only that, as they in line with GPS to... To point them towards the, the nearest location at the border of which they can do that. And this is what the 1500 National Guard that Joe Biden authorized at the border were for. The paperwork of taking in these people. But see, there's much, much more going on here than that. This last weekend in San Diego at the border crossing a Afghanistan national was arrested who just happened to be on the terrorist watch list of the FBI. A known terrorist in Afghanistan, a member of ISIS, was crossing the border in San Diego. I, I, I'm betting he was coming here for asylum and, and just wanted uh, you know, the American dream of peace, opportunity, and freedom. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's what that was about. What we're seeing, though, in the numbers is 18 to 25-year-old males, origins from all around the world, northern Africa primarily, China, they are flooding across the border. On top of that, you have cartel members ramping up their efforts of human trafficking, drug trafficking, coming across our border. Now, politicians might sit in Washington, D.C. and debate this, and they might go down and visit the border every once in a while and say, this is bad, or, you know, this is good. States like Texas are mobilizing more and more troops to go down there, but as we've seen, they've done nothing to stop the crossing. Actually, Texas is busing all of these illegal immigrants to various sanctuary cities. It's almost like a free ride to a place to where they can get registered as Democrats and get driver's licenses and find federal aid. And that's being done as a pushback against the Democrats. Yeah, Abbott, let's pay Texas taxpayer dollars, put these people on buses and send them to the exact cities that are going to give them room, board, give them money each month, get them driver's licenses and register them to vote Democrat. That, that's such a great idea. Why aren't we taking these buses and shipping them to Mexico city? Why aren't we taking these buses and shipping them back across the border? It's way short of a journey costs a heck of a lot less money. But see, at the end of the day, you come to realize that they're all in on it. It doesn't matter if it's the governor of Texas. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican member of Congress or if it's the Democrats. They're all in on it. It's one big scam. See, the United States of America, our republic, we have a process of system of how things are meant to work that process and system has not been in effect for a very long time people and now we are coming to the end of our republic and these people know it and they've sold their souls for money for power and you know what it is coming to a time of reckoning i you know I I, I listen to a few other people, usually the the high-level people. You know, I listen to Glenn, and I listen to Glenn, you know what? Glenn Beck, hats off to Glenn Beck, because he has been on point. And I know some people out there don't like Glenn Beck, but you know what? Glenn Beck has been on point the last few years. I don't agree with everything he says. It took him a while to kind of come along with the vaccine stuff. But I'm listening to a lot of people, and what I'm not hearing are solutions. I'm not hearing people talk about that the Republican Party is just as much to blame as the Democrats. And I know there's some diehard conservatives out there, and I'm a diehard conservative, but you have to understand this, is that our party no longer is working for their constituents. We saw this with Ronald McDaniel and the uh, RNC after the 2020 election. They abandoned Donald Trump. After January 5th, they all abandoned Donald Trump. Now they're jumping back on that bandwagon. But see, our constitutional republic, there's a process in place of how people can emigrate to our country, how people can come to the border and declare asylum, how people can become American citizens. And there is a very very long line for that process. But the Democrats have proposed various different legislation, starting back in the Barack Obama days that basically opened our border up to crime, to filth, to evil. Donald Trump tried to, to fix it the best he could with a Democrat Congress in place who makes the laws. And you got to understand that the Congress makes the laws. That's the real power in Washington, D.C., And Donald Trump tried to fix it. But the moment Joe Biden came in, those borders went wide open. And now with Title 42 ending, it is a catastrophe. We haven't even seen the large influx of illegal immigrants coming from the Darien Gap in Panama. They are on their way. A miles-long caravan coming up from Panama to the United States, full of all different types of war fighting aged males from all countries around the world. And you got to wonder, what is the real plan? What is the future? Why, 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 why flood the American border with all the illegal immigrants? Now, I'll be honest, if we have that mother and son and that father that come across and they want to claim asylum and come on over here and they want to set up shop and become American citizens and go through the process and they want to work hard to become an American and live the American dream and and earn a living and pay their taxes and, and earn the right to vote, then I'm all for that. But on the other hand, the majority of the mothers that are coming over that border with children in their hands, those children are not theirs. They are surrogates for the cartel, carrying children over that border to be sold into a market of human trafficking, sex trafficking, of murder, If our federal government really took these things seriously, then go back just two weeks when Jim Jordan and other members of the Republican caucus were sitting there talking about how the department of Homeland security has lost over 85,000 children in federal custody. That's right. This is known 85,000 children went into federal custody. They came over the border. The federal government came in, grabbed 85,000 children just last year alone and put them in the foster homes. Those children disappeared. They get to the foster homes, they disappeared. Why? Because the foster home parents work for the cartels, for the human traffickers. The whole point of them is to get these children in the federal custody so they can be moved. We've heard about this through multiple different states with their child protective custodies. Children get removed from the family, they go into foster homes and the children run away, never seen again. You know, and the congressmen, they brought this forth. They brought it to the public and they said, oh my God, 85,000 children. But not one congressman said, where are these children? Why are we not looking for these children? Why are we not going to every single foster home that had one of these 85,000 children in them and arresting those people and interrogating them to find out where those children went? Why isn't there a nationwide manhunt to find out where these 85,000 children went? See, you won't hear that. Discussed. You won't You won't hear them talk about this part of it. Nobody's going to bring an investigation on these foster parents because they're on the payroll. Nobody's going to look for these 85,000 children because they're all in on it. It's sad, I know, but this is the evil that has overtaken our world, people. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. Hey, guys, I uh, I wanted to let you know about this event that we're having. So mark your calendars if you are able to make it. But Sunday, July 2nd at noon to 3. Um, this is going to be in Canisius Lake. We are having a meet and greet. And so the uh, the, the event is going to be taking place at the Beachcomber. And that's 5909 Westlake Road in Canisius. And this is our 4th of July celebration and a meet and greet with myself and Jim Price of the Dark Delight Show. A um, few other people will probably be there. We haven't confirmed anything yet, but we're asking a few others uh, if they wanted to come. But uh, if you guys are looking to get out uh, that Sunday before the July 4th, before the Ring of Fire um Come on out! It'd be great to see you. It's a completely free event, and we're going to be, uh, you know, having a few drinks, and uh, I believe there'll be food there as well. So that's on July second at noon to three p.m. It's our July fourth celebration, sponsored here by WYSL, and uh, to meet and greet with myself and Jim Price of the Dark Delight Show. So please put that on your calendars. If you guys want to find more information on that, you can go to uh, Facebook. And on Facebook, if you go to Facebook.com slash Red Pill Project Online, all one word, Red Pill Project Online. So it's Facebook.com slash Red Pill Project Online. And you go into the events tab, you're gonna see it there where you can RSVP, as well as we'll get that on the WYSL page. So make sure you're following us Red Pill Project and WYSL on Facebook. So that you guys can keep a uh, keep up to date with all the events that we have coming up. All right. You know, The border is one concern. And I said, where is this leading? It's a good question, isn't it? Because for thousands and thousands of years, countries protected their sovereignty by protecting their border because they understood that if that border was ever run by their enemy or by infiltrators, or by people who did not understand their laws and their culture, their society would begin to collapse. And that, my friends, is what's happening right now. I've talked for the longest time about the firestorm event. The firestorm event is a series of various different occurrences that operate in various different domains, social, cultural, institutional, academic, political, Supply chain, infrastructure, global economic, global political. And what we see at the border happening, this is to destabilize the social and the cultural aspect. Now, how does that happen? Well, what happens is you get lawlessness that comes across the border. Now, when lawlessness meets George Soros' DAs, district attorneys, and attorney Generals, who have reduced sentencing, who are letting murderers and rapists go, who are no longer enforcing the, the laws, when you have governors who reduce the police force, the police budget, police training, lawlessness takes over. Lawlessness becomes the norm within a civil society. It starts first in the large cities and all you need to do is turn on the TV, go to your favorite news website and you will understand what I'm talking about. It starts within the cities and it begins to creep out into the urban and suburban neighborhoods. Crime, violence, murder, Crimes of atrocities that you can even fathom. If you want a list of them, go look at the news of a third world country. See, what's happening here is what we would call a semi-color revolution. The destabilization of a societal structure to eventual collapse of its political and its economic strengths. Why would they want to do that to the United States of America? The reason they want to do that to the United States of America, and the they in this is very important, is because that is the only way to undermine the United States Constitution, to get rid of the United States Constitution, to inflict a level of fear within the populace to where that populace goes to their politicians and says, Please, help us. They're robbing us. They're raping us. They're killing us. And the politicians come back and say, well, it looks like we need more laws. More laws just create more criminals. Remember that. More laws just create more criminals. There's an interesting uh, quote that I read this weekend from a, a socialist, actually. And it says that the result of a law is typically a fine. Of which, that fine is relatively low in comparison to the amount of money that a person makes. $500 fine, $5,000 fine, $50,000 fine. To where if we look at it, the wealthy and ultra-wealthy live in a lawless society reason being is because since money is no object the fines mean nothing but for you the average person those fines are greatly damaging to your life and it was a great point because it showed just how crony capitalism actually works in this country that laws are derived with fines and do you think that the pharmaceutical companies give a damn about a billion dollar a five billion dollar fine that's just extra taxes they're paying and by the way did you know they get to the write it off Do you think a company or corporation cares about a $100 million, $500 million fine? But you know what? If they came after you and said you had to pay a $100,000 fine, your life's over. See, laws with fines are not made for the rich or the wealthy. They live in a lawless society because they have the money to substantiate their wrongdoing. But instead, the laws are built against you and I. Now, I agree with you. If they made made the crime punishable by death, pharmaceutical companies would be absolute angels. But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. We live in a world of crony capitalism where politicians, lawmakers... Decision makers are directly in bed with the financial institutions and the corporations. It's fascist if you want to think about it. But what is happening in our society right now is the crumbling of the foundation, the destruction of the family structure, the infiltration of. Manipulation and psychological warfare within our schools, within academia. The normalization within our businesses and our corporations, pushed down through radical policies by their financiers. We are being turned into a communist country. And as of right now, They are winning. And they are winning because, I don't wanna get into it, we had that discussion last week, but we're allowing them to. As much as we speak up, as much as we fight back, as much as we push back, they still progress further. They still move that ball just one more inch. A good example of this Elon Musk is now hiring a CEO to take over Twitter, who just happens to be an executive chair member of the World Economic Forum. Now, to me, it doesn't seem like that this is a decision that Elon Musk made lightly, because if he listened to anybody on his platform, Twitter, he would most likely not make that decision. But it's almost as if he's being forced to make that decision. And rightfully so. We'll see what happens with Twitter as that moves forth. But freedom of speech is so critically important, but it is only part of the solution. And freedom of speech right now in this country is so limited that you can't go out and speak your mind. If you go onto a public sideway sidewalk and you begin preaching and speaking your mind, you'll be confronted by the police, guaranteed. And they will tell you you need a permit to do what you're doing. You need to go to a free speech zone to do what you're doing. What has become of America? We're right back with more Dark Delight Show. Alright, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And I'm just I'm just rambling and rant today. But you know what? That is what needs to happen sometimes, because We as Americans have been tricked and fooled for far too long. I can go over all the details. I can go over all the conspiracies. I can show you the pathway of how we got here, of what it was. But see, none of that matters. None of that matters. Because we should not become prisoners of the past. Instead, we have to lift our chin up, we have to open our eyes and look forward to the future and say, what has been done has been done, and how do we change it and take back our world, take back our country, restore a moral and ethical base within our family structure, within our communities, and bring back the rule of law, bring back the United States Constitution that so many Americans fought, bled, and died for. You know, I typically get, uh, not teary-eyed, but emotional when I talk about that. I imagine and wonder what World War II veterans are thinking at this moment. What Revolutionary War veterans would think at this moment? What World War of 1812 veterans would think at this moment? What Vietnam veterans would be thinking at this moment? Because I know the majority of them are probably shedding a tear to see how far this country has come, but yet went backwards. We went from a point of freedom to a place where people are asking their government to enchain them, to lock them up and throw them into bondage, because that system is far easier to deal with than the real world. Isn't it interesting, though, how our minds work? Isn't it interesting to think about how all this happened? That people are easily manipulated, tricked, and coerced. That all you have to do is just press a little bit of fear over a long period of time. And people will eventually give in. People will eventually cave and give up. And they'll give up not the things that are meaningless in their lives, but yet everything, everything that allows them to be free. Freedom is an interesting discussion, isn't it? Freedom and free will, these types of discussions. I know you guys talk about them in church and stuff like that. But they're interesting discussions because, firstly, there is only one word I found in the English language. That is, I guess, equal to the word freedom, and that word's discipline. <laughs> you didn't expect that one, did you? How is discipline and freedom equivalent? Let me explain. That if we have freedom, and we go out there and we we just do whatever we want, we we. We are unhinged. We don't have any direction. We don't have any, any boundaries. Then it's as if we have ADHD. We're going off the walls. See, we need some type of implementation within the mental structure. Some types of rules. A moral and ethical foundation. A discipline that is implemented. To where we go out there and we understand that responsibility comes first. Family, God, God, family, and country. That's what it used to be. But now we see that responsibility has turned to self, self, and self. But freedom is discipline. How else are you going to be able to live your life the way you wish, unless you have the certain things in your life that are set up to allow it to happen. Imagine it for a moment. I believe it was Albert Hubbard, Albert Hubbard, sorry, Albert Hubbard, who had the famous quote of self-discipline. Self-discipline is doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you want to do it or not. Which tells you, do what needs to be done in your life. Do the hard parts. Do the things that you don't want to do but need to be done. That's discipline. Because when those things are done, they allow you to do the things that you love and you want to do that bring you joy. That's freedom. It's a good perspective. It's a good way to look at it. But then what is free will? Free will is, many would say, is our choice, our decision, our, our, our ability to, to go out into the world and say, I'm going to speak this, or I'm going to think this, or I'm going to read this, or I'm going to do this. So free will therefore becomes attributed to action. But the word will, the divine word of will is embedded right in it. Will, your conviction, who and what you are, that driving power within you comes from emotion, intention. It is derived from the spirit. Derived from the soul within you. So you have free action of the spirit. You have free movement of the spirit, of the soul. But that doesn't come about unless you have discipline. Free will has to have a practice of discipline. You have to learn a language to communicate, to develop relationships. You have to develop skills to go out into the world, whether it's just God's natural world of trees and grasses, of lakes and ponds and birds and insects, or if it's man's world that has been created over the natural world. You have to have a discipline in your life. And that discipline is paramount to your survival. It is critical to becoming the person, the human being that you wish to become. Nobody can go out there and say, I'm gonna do this and then without discipline, go do it. You have to have some type of ritual or regimentation within your life to go out there and and be successful. And see, it's my belief that Americans have become complacent, apathetic, and lazy. We've lost that discipline. We took the discipline of the self, of our free will, of our freedom. and placed it in the hands of representatives. And in turn, they handed us a nine to five job. They handed us a cell phone to answer any question that we have. They handed us social media to tell us what's happening in the world or how the world works. People have lost the ability to think for themselves, and that thinking for yourself derives, derives completely from the disciplined practice of freedom, of free will. Do you know why the philosophers of ancient Greek were feared by the politicians? The majority of people within the Greek society were illiterate. They couldn't read. They, 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 they didn't understand the laws because they couldn't comprehend or understand them. But it was the philosophers, the educated ones, the thinkers who were able to translate and relate what the books were talking about, what the books meant, what the laws were saying. And politicians despised that the politicians feared the philosophers because they believed that the philosophers would teach the people show the people the truth to where the people would then figure out the scam that's why multiple philosophers throughout those ages were were killed Socrates being one of them. Truth is not an easy pill to swallow. Lord Acton said that truth goes through three phases. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And thirdly, it is accepted as self-evident. Truth is the dark night of the soul. Truth is those big clouds forming on the horizon, bringing a storm that no one wishes upon their house, their people, or their community. Truth's a good place to start. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right for this. Dark to Light on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark to Light show. We should, you know, we should do a whole show one day where all the bump music is is sticks from the Grand Illusion because that that's truly what this is about. This is the Grand Illusion. Come on in and see what they're talking about, right? You know, Francis Bacon had a great quote about truth. Truth is so hard to tell. It sometimes needs fiction to make it plausible. That fiction is the U.S. federal government. That truth, we are slaves within a prison. That prison that you are shackled to is within your own mind. The freedom you seek has always been right there just waiting to be held, to be had. How much longer will humanity continue down this road of trusting sociopaths with power? You know, I've talked about a lot of different things today. We started with the border, we we migrated on to the firestorm and now we're talking a little bit about truth, about the psychological, spiritual aspect. But see, at the heart of it all, this is what it's really about. This is why many people in my community say that this is going to be biblical, that this is biblical, because we are in the midst of a spiritual war. And the truth of the spirit is under attack. The truth always has a way of rising. Uh, the truth always comes to the surface, one way or another. And the reason is, is because God has instilled within his creation laws of balance to where when darkness comes, the light of dawn will always rise on its horizon and that sun shall shine Day in and day out, rising to its highest state at noon, only to fall again and bring more darkness. And so, through all the lies, deception, all the crimes and criminality, and all the evil and the horror that happens on this planet, we know that it's only a matter of time before truth prevails, before the light. rises in the east and shines its glory onto the world. That truth creeps out of the darkness to the surface and people begin to see the world for what it truly is. It's interesting to think about it like that. But isn't that what the word apocalypse really means? For a long time i studied etymology where words come from how words are derived and in modern day when we look at the etymological structure of words there's a lot of bs in them okay and usually if you can follow philosophical spiritual and religious writings you can find a lot of the derivation of how these words are derived and one of those words is apocalypse now I was taken back when I realized that it's a Coptic word. The word Coptic meaning Egyptian Christian. And the Egyptians were some of the first Christians on this planet. And the word apocalypse meant the unveiling, the great lifting of the veil. But you have to take it from the cultural attribute of what it meant. In Egypt, the lifting of the veil referred to Isis of Sais, Isis of Egypt, Isis being the primordial goddess of ancient Egypt, who wore the veil sometimes portrayed around her body or primarily portrayed around her eyes. And it was said within the mythology that Isis contained the truth, the mysteries, the secrets, the wisdom of the universe behind her veil, within her eyes. And that no man had ever lifted that veil and learned the secrets. But it was prophesied that one day the veil would be lifted and man would learn the truth. And they call that the Apocalypse. And what are we in right now where truth is creeping out of the darkness, taking root and blossoming within the world for everybody to envision its wonder, its mystique, the deception, the lies, the evil. That has been placed upon mankind for millennia. See, I don't believe we're headed into a time of darkness. And that's why I, 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 I'm here now speaking these words. That's why I'm here doing what I do on the radio and on my podcast and on my other broadcasting channels. Because we see this evil in the world trying to clasp on to the last inklings that it has of power. Well, all of their crimes, their evil, their deceit, their lies, of all the criminality, of all the crap that they've done, flies up to the surface. And humanity begins to see them for who they truly are. As the patrolmen for Satan, of what they are, we have finally come to this point of unveiling. Of truth and whether it's Donald Trump who leads the way into the presidency and restores order or whether it's the people of the United States or the people around the world who just want to see good prevail we all know that we're in the midst of a spiritual battle that there are some incredibly powerful forces at play here but the the signs and the symptoms that we see is the truth being revealed. And because the truth is being revealed, we can understand that the swing of the pendulum is moving back towards good, is moving back towards light, that we are at dawn. The sun is rising, light is spreading, it's warmth and beauty are spreading across mankind and we're beginning to see everything that has been hidden under the cloak of darkness for a very long time. And they say, the night is usually darkness, darkest right before sunrise. Isn't that a great example of where we are at today? We talk about it all the time, the horrors that are happening. But, you know, if we look at the political environment as a prime example of this. Joe Biden, one of the most corrupt corrupt politicians in American history. Barack Obama. All the information and news coming out about these people. Human trafficking, sex trafficking, child trafficking, murder embezzlement, money laundering any crime you can think of they've committed it's all come to the surface people I'm going to be joining you in the next hour we'll be back in just a few minutes with more Dark Delight Show welcome my son welcome to machine alright welcome back Man, two hours. Woo! What are we going to talk about next? <laughs> you know, maybe we'll get into a little bit of the economy. You know, the, the bank deposits are just about to slip under $17 trillion for the first time in over two years. This isn't good. We have to understand that the banks operate because of the deposits of money that you put into them. Now, I've been yelling about this for a while now. We talked about the disposable income numbers that came out in November of 2022 to where disposable income had dropped $1 trillion in the year 2022, which had not happened that significant of a drop since 1934. And if you remember what happened in 1934, that was a year after the Emergency Banking Act, the United States went bankrupt. Also the 20-year renewal of the Federal Reserve System. What does that tell you is that people don't trust the banking industry. So they're moving their money elsewhere. They're putting it into alternative investments and solutions. Like what? Like cryptocurrency? Yep. Yep. They're putting in cryptocurrency. They're putting it into farmland and various different investments that are giving more than the percentage of, of inflation of four and a half percent. They're they're putting it into well, US bonds, why not? But did you know that your U.S. bonds are not secure? (laughs) That if they all crash and the dollar went to nothing, you're not gonna get anything? Ah, yeah. Gold and silver becomes that that prima facie, right? Becomes that one thing that we know will hold that value over time. And listen, Dr. Kirk Elliott, he'll be on with me Wednesday. Uh, We've talked about this for a long time. If you wanna get those IRAs opened up, if you got some extra cash, you wanna open an IRA, If you have an old 401k that you wanna move into an IRA, if you have an IRA that you wanna transfer out of the traditional stock market that's probably down 20, 30% this this year, you can call Dr. Kirk Elliott, man. They'll take care of you. And uh, the best website to do that, getgoldtoday.com, getgoldtoday.com. In the bottom left-hand corner of that website, you're going to find a phone number, 720-605-3900. You can give them a call. If they don't contact you back within like 48 hours, please give me a call. Give me an email. Send me an email, redpillprojectonline at gmail.com or go to my website, redpills.tv. And uh, they, there's ways to contact me through there or join our social red pill platform where you can instant message me, socialredpill.com. But uh, fill out the form there and uh, get a hold of Dr. Kirk Elliott's team, and they'll definitely take care of you and help you get you into silver because silver is under leveraged 80 to 1 upon gold. And because it is an industrial metal, it has the propensity to massively increase in its value over time, especially. In these times of dire financial crisis. And the economy right now is not doing too well. And the Joe Biden administration is covering it up. They are putting out false numbers. They are cooking the books. And every other country in this world knows it. So much so that China, Russia, India, Pakistan have increased the amount of gold they are buying. Not only that, Zimbabwe was warned by the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, not to create a gold-backed digital currency. They said, don't do it, you can't do that. Why? Because the World Bank and the IMF have been utilized for decades to control third world countries. What they do is they give them very, very cheap loans of which their people become indebted. Their politicians basically launder and embezzle that money, then have to take out more loans in debt. And the IMF and the World Bank hold that over their heads for votes within the United Nations for the Western allies who basically fund them. So the IMF is like, Zimbabwe, don't do that. But Zimbabwe came back and said, no, no. No, we're, we're going to create our own gold-backed digital currency. Interesting, isn't it? Russia's ruble is pegged upon gold. China is developing. China and all the other BRICS nations are developing their own digital currency backed upon gold. The state of Missouri right now is going out there and changing the law, stating that they will now accept gold and silver coinage. For all transactions, the state of Texas has legislation for the creation of a gold-backed digital currency. Do you see a trend going on here? Now, there's one country I want to talk about because I'm actually in in, in the talks with a friend of mine. We we might be going out to this country, to visit it. It's called Bitcoin City. And it's in El Salvador. Now, when I was in the United States military, I had the privilege of being one of the first U.S. servicemen to step foot in El Salvador, non-clandestinely, <laughs> within over two and a half decades. We, we pulled into one of the western ports and we had a presidential entourage all the way to San Salvador. The president of El Salvador in that time actually came out and met every single one of us, 250 sellers, and gave us a presidential entourage all the way into the heart of the city. We had armed guards with us everywhere we went because El Salvador was a very ruthless place, ran and operated by various mafia cartels known as MS-13 and various other gangs. And when I was there, it was an incredibly poor country. The only things to do there were, well, you can imagine, brothels and bars, and lawlessness, not order, was the prime directive. But guess what? The place that once housed the murder capital of the world has not had a murder in over a year. That's right, El Salvador has not had a murder in over a year. You gotta be asking yourself, what, what happened? How How is that even possible? Well, the young president of El Salvador came in, and what he did is he fixed the financial situation in the country. He brought in Bitcoin, <laughs> I'm not lying. He legalized cryptocurrency and Bitcoin as a legitimate currency for transactions in his country. And then began buying it and making all businesses accept it in the country. He began giving out Bitcoin to members of his society. He began arresting all the gang members and cartel members and mafia He began to clean up the drug trade and the human trafficking trade and exiling them out of his country. And with only just two years' time, went from the murder capital of the world to a country that hasn't had a single murder and is becoming one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. Now, isn't that just fascinating? You know a few years ago during the whole covid pandemic crisis the uh the young president of haiti had very similar ambitions see the young president of haiti knew that he was sitting on a gold mine of iridium iridium just happens to be a mineral a rare earth mineral that is not found on earth it's not produced anywhere on this planet and that all the deposits on this planet were caused by meteor impacts millions upon millions of years ago and it just so happens that in haiti they have one of the largest deposits of uranium in the world and that metal just happens to be utilized for spacecraft For telecommunications it's incredibly rare and it's incredibly expensive and so the young president of haiti said that my people in haiti are going to mine this mineral and we will sell it to the world and the wealth of this mineral will go to the people of haiti which would have made Haiti one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. Imagine Dubai and Saudi Arabia to where everybody gets millions of dollars a year within the oil revenue. Very similar. Haiti would have been one of the wealthiest places on the planet. And all the citizens of Haiti would have been wealthy as well. Unfortunately for the young president of Haiti, he was assassinated. (laughs) I mean, you can't make this up, is um, he said that, no, we will not be vaccinating any of our people in this country. This is during the big vaccination rush. And three men went and assassinated the president of Haiti after the chief justice of the Supreme Court tried to remove him. Supreme Court justice of the of the Haiti Supreme Court tried to remove him and it didn't work. And he rose up and then was assassinated. Two weeks after I said that they're gonna assassinate this guy, I said that in my podcast. And sure enough, when they caught the three men who killed this man, they just happened to be Americans who were former members of special forces who worked with the Central Intelligence Agency and clandestine services. Like, you really can't make this up, you know? All right, we'll be right back with Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark to light on the W.Y.S.L. stations. Welcome back to the Dark Delight show. And uh, to the, the close out the, the point on the president of Haiti. Um, what was interesting is, and this is why I had said in my podcast that he was going to be assassinated, is that the IMF and the World Bank were offering loans to the country of Haiti to help within the mining of the resources of iridium in the mountains, and even so much so that the United Nations had proposed multiple times of various different vendors to come in and begin the mining process, but they wanted it commercialized, they wanted it privatized, and uh, the president had said no, that that's not going to happen. And then two weeks later, he w- he was dead. And by the way, once the uh, once he was dead, the the head of the Supreme Court became president in Haiti. <laughs> Go figure, the guy wanted them to remove. And um, the Haitian people are now still poor because the Iridium is being mined by private corporations that were sanctioned by the United Nations. <laughs> just got, you can't make this stuff up. Oh my goodness. And uh, you know, that that's how our world works. That is the scary nature of how this world operates is that we have criminal cartels that own the politics, their, their henchmen, are the politicians, are the leaders, are the bankers, that we are looking at one of the largest criminal syndicates in the world. The problem is, is that with technological progression, the development of the internet and websites and the, the promotion of free speech, is all their lies become easily discoverable it doesn't become hard to follow the trail of money these days because the technology is there that's one of the pushbacks why they want to get rid of decentralized blockchains and move towards centralized blockchains because then they control the information they control the data flow they control the money flow and they can use it against you but you cannot use it against them I'll tell you, though, I've said this for a while, that nothing can stop what's coming. We're not going to stop technological innovations and integration into society. But us as a culture, as a society, can go out there and begin influencing that technological progression towards a conducive manner that retains freedom, liberty and justice. And see, that's where we need to take that stand. That's where we need to go, you know what, politicians? You guys got it all wrong. We need a new system. What I mean by new is not rethought, but instead the old system removed because we are so far away from what the founders originally intended for this country. I know you feel it, I know you know it, I know you understand it, we all see it. That the introduction of the 14th Amendment was probably one of the worst things that happened in this country. I've said this before, probably on this show, probably about a year ago, that the 13th and the 14th Amendment enslave you. I'll say that again. The 13th and the 14th amendment enslave you. You're like, what, how how does that happen? The 13th amendment actually is what is, they say, freed the slaves. It didn't free the slaves, are you kidding me? In the Declaration of Independence, it states that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That was a declaration upon natural law that all men are free we don't need a constitutional amendment to reiterate that 13th amendment says that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall be used as a form of punishment okay so we can't have slavery or involuntary servitude so what does that mean that means that Human beings in the United States of America can exist in two states. They can exist in the opposition of slavery, which is freedom, which is our natural state. Or they can exist in the opposite of involuntary servitude, which is voluntary servitude. So the 13th Amendment really states that a human being can exist in a state of freedom or voluntary servitude. And you gotta be asking your, you know, scratching your head and asking that question. Well, what is voluntary servitude, Josh? Well, it's pretty easy. It's contractual servitude. That's when you enter into a contract with somebody. Do you ever hear that when you enter into a contract with somebody, somebody is giving up something? Both sides are typically giving up one thing or another. Not well, absolutely true. You ever wonder why you submit an application? An application is nothing more than submitting a contract. Submit, what What does that word mean? Submit means that you give up your will. You give up your choice, you give up your freedom. You know how they say sign on the dotted line? You go out to eat and they have the merchant's copy and then the customer's copy and they give you the merchant's copy and they say sign on the dotted line. You ever wonder why it's dotted? Go get a magnifying glass and look at that dotted line. It'll actually say authorized signature only because you are entering into a contractual agreement for that purchase. You say, okay, well, you know, they, 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 they tricked us, right? Well, the Dred Scott Amendment is where it really comes into play because Dred Scott, he said, hey, look, 13th Amendment freed the slaves. I'm a free man. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to get a job. Nobody would hire him. Nobody would give him money. Nobody would loan him money. Nobody would sell him anything. And he said, hey, this isn't fair. And so Congress came back and said, oh, we'll make it fair. We'll pass the 14th Amendment all persons born in the united states shall be known as citizens of the united states and fall under the jurisdictions of the states of which their privileges are granted (laughs) isn't that interesting there's a lot of words that break down in there number one is persons because if i go to the fourth amendment of the united states constitution it says that all people are to be secure in their persons. But you ask any constitutional law scholar, they'll say, well, no, persons in the 14th Amendment is talking about that natural human being. No, it's not. It's talking about a legal entity. It's talking about a fictitious entity created through legal documentation. Hence why in the 4th Amendment, all people are to be secure in their persons. Persons is a legal entity. It is a fictitious entity that is not you, but instead the paper you, the contracted you. So the 14th Amendment says all persons, all contracted entities, all all contracted human beings who are in contract with their government fall under the jurisdiction of those states and have privileges. You said, well, Josh, if, if, if that was true, then we would have to enter into a contract with them. Like a a state of bondage? Yeah. It's called a birth certificate. The back of your birth certificate is a nine-digit number, which is, you can take that nine-digit number and you can go to the U.S. Treasury website and you can look up your bond and find its value. That's being traded on the open market. Because in order for the United States to take out debt to print, in coin money remember what it says all debts public and private backed upon the good faith of the united states of america that good faith is your time your labor and it is bonded on the markets and traded the moment you come into this world you are a contracted slave It's interesting because it falls under the the guise of something known as the Law of Water or known as Admirality Law. And it's interesting how all these things came about because, you know, we start talking about the ancient Phoenicians who really brought banking and finance and trade to the world. And the ancient Phoenicians then become uh, the the power structures within the Jesuit orders and within the Roman power structure. In the mid 1800s, when the Vatican was overrun by people who no longer wanted to be under the rule of the Church and the Pope, it was a certain few families who stood and defended the Vatican. They became known as the Black Nobility. Just so happens that their family lineage traces back directly to, huh? Well, those Phoenicians, the banking. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight. you right after this. Keep on going. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Yeah, keep on shining your light. Gonna make everything great. Mama's gonna make everything all right. And I ain't got no worries, cause I ain't in your hurry. Dark Delight on the WYSL Stations. All right, welcome back to the Dr. to Light show. And so I was talking about the Phoenicians, the Black Nobility, hmm. <laughs> and they're the cause of a lot of the world's problems. But see, the Phoenicians when uh, they 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 brought finance to the world, and maybe you'll understand a little bit of how this operated. Is on the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, what you would have is the various different merchant ships going down the river and see they would follow the current of the river and you would have customers on both banks of the river so the merchants would take the boats and they would go from one bank to another bank following the currency now back then it was a lot of barter and trade or they would create their own variations of money but eventually this uh this came about to gold and silver now, if you didn't notice in those words, but where do we keep money today? We keep money today in banks. And the money is called currency because it's very similar to water and how it flows. And this is the old Phoenician banking terminologies that actually come about from this. Now, what does that have to do with the modern day world of today? It's because those same traditions are extrapolated in how our whole legal and financial system operates. See, the law of water, or admiralty Law, all shipping, merchant traffic, all trade, of all nations was conducted through water. And so the original commercial laws that originated in the world were laws of water, each ship being its own sovereign nation. And that anything that came through them Would have to follow the certain protocols of that nation that was inscribed within that ship. And so a ship would have to have certain colors. Those colors would represent the nationality or the jurisdiction of that ship that was contained within that vessel. Many people ask about the gold fringe flag and like, what is a gold fringe flag? What does that mean? What what, what does all that stuff mean? And typically they'll call it the military flag. And the reason they call it the military flag is because the majority of the military flags you see will have a gold fringe. And a long time ago, this used to be the, the standard tradition. The reason is, is because encapsulated within the gold fringe, is the military law, or 10 U.S.C. It goes falls under a different legal precedent than the Constitution. Well, it falls under the Constitution, but under United States Code 10. And so you would encapsulate those laws within that flag representing the jurisdiction. When you enter in a courtroom, you'll see a federal courtroom, you'll see gold fringe flags. Why? Because they're encapsulating you're entering into a maritime ship where the judge is the captain. Why do you think it's uh, all wood there? The gate that you enter, the court that you enter, it's all wood, that's the quarter deck. You volley blast back and forth. And so encapsulating the gold fringe means encapsulating of a certain form of law. These laws are dependent upon which court systems that you're in or whatever that judge determines to be that day. Now, all of this has basically been extrapolated into our modern modern legal theory. This is why we have penal codes and traffic infractions and everything is a fine that is paid to the state. But the real atrocity came about when I was talking about the 13th and the 14th Amendment. Because this meant that you could give up your rights and your freedoms by signing into a contract. Now, your parents actually sign you away into that contract immediately at birth, but you would think that, well, if I was signed into a contract immediately at birth, then that means that when I became an adult able to vote through my constitutional rights that I should be able to you know, get those back. Nope, that's not how it works. Immediately when you turn 18 years of age, what happens? Civil service? Selective service? That's what happens to the males. But why is the birth certificate, this contract, well, it's also known as a certificate of manifest. Now think about this. When a ship comes through the waters and enters a port, with goods and services, those goods on that ship become the ownership of that country of, that it's pulling into. So if that ship is pulling in and let's say it's got oil, that oil is now going to increase the wealth of that country, increase the gross domestic product, the GDP of that country. And so what happens is that ship pulls into a berth. That's right. Ships docked are berthed because they just magically appear. And then you have the dock master, the doctor, the dock master, the doctor, go out and look at that ship and says, "Oh, this is the uh, the 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 Mary Ellen." And the captain of that ship comes down and says, the Mary Ellen is here, and these are the goods and services that it has, and gives the ship's manifest of those goods to the dock master, or the doctor. The doctor takes those goods and provides a certificate of manifest. They just manifested there. And he files that paperwork with the government, and the government increases the gross domestic product now With the increase of those goods that have just came in. And so this is kind of how we get the idea of a birth certificate. Why is that? Because a human baby comes through the birth canal. Comes through water when it is born. And so they feel that they have that right to put that jurisdiction over you. And through the 14th amendment, they can enter you into a state of contractual slavery. Amy Coleman Barrett, the Supreme Court Justice, there was a case in Indiana University. A bunch of of the kids there did not want to get vaccinated, and they didn't believe that the university had the right to force them into vaccination. So they took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and they argued that under the 14th Amendment that they had the right, so they... They basically were suing the university under the 14th Amendment. Well, Amy Coney Barrett, before it got to the Supreme Court, she ruled that the 14th Amendment did allow the universities to do such. Because the 14th Amendment does not give you the right, but gives the state the right. you got to remember, privileges. As long as we identify through the 14th Amendment, we'll forever be slaves in this world, won't we? Because they were contracted with the university, they were contracted with the state, and therefore fell under the jurisdiction of it. And then your bond is sold on that public market because we're nothing but chattel to the government of this country, a form of wealth, of labor. And you say, well, what about the sovereign citizens movement, the, the free man on the land movement? So they don't work. And the reason they don't work is because, you know what? There is a system designed to enslave you within this state of contractual slavery. It, the system is designed this way. This is why I say we need to eradicate the system. If the system has been designed to enslave you, then we need to remove the system. We need to pull it all back, gut it, to the foundation of this country, to the the Constitution, to the Bill of Rights. Everything afterwards can just go away. Uh, Quite honestly, anything after the Tenth Amendment, can you tell me anything in the Constitution after the Tenth Amendment that protects your rights, your freedoms, and your liberties? (laughs) No, you can't, because they have nothing to do with you. Ah, What a world we live in. But that's my hopes in our dreams, is that the United States Constitution will be reestablished and that we can formulate a new government upon it. And I think that this is going to happen through the states. I think that the states right now are taking the action. I I mentioned a few states already, Missouri and Texas, who were coming out with their own currencies. And the reason this is, is because these states are most likely getting ready to secede from the union. And once they go, you're gonna have twenty-eight other red states go with them. And once all those states begin the process of leaving the union, the federal government now loses its power and authority over the those independent sovereign nations because that's what each state actually is. It's an independent sovereign nation. And as more and more of the states push back and say, hey, look, you either change your ways and you guys all resign and we dismantle the FBI, the CIA and all of these criminal organizations or we're pulling our support out. I think that that's the next step. And I think that's going to happen in or around the election of 2024. I think what we're going to see in 2024 is Donald Trump's going to win the election, they're going to steal it from him. And then the states are going to interject, and you're going to see this protocol be initiated, 10th Amendment, where the states are going to rise up, and they're saying, we're out of here, goodbye. And they're going to have two-thirds in the majority, and once they have two-thirds in the majority actually pull through, they're going to disband and dismantle the federal government. It, it, it works, it's legal, they have the power and authority to do it, and we can actually see it happening. And I think that in 2024, that's what's going to happen to the United States of America. And the United States of America federal government will cease to exist after that point until the states reestablish it and begin to reset it up. And during that constitutional convention or national divorce, whatever you want to call it, the states can also come back and eject member states. Hey, California, (laughs) we're done with you. Goodbye. Get out of here. New York. <laughs> oh, um, by the way, uh, New York City, you're no longer part of the state of New York. you got to be your own independent state. Wouldn't that be a marvel? Wouldn't that be beautiful? I know you guys would like that. All right. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Right to this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight Show. Hey, man, we've talked about a lot of different stuff the last few hours, but... At the end of the day, what this all comes down to is it comes down to your personal freedoms, your rights, your liberties, who you are as an individual, who you are inside yourself as a soul, as a spirit, that the divine creator has put within you, that spark, that beauty. And see, nobody in this world can tell you who you are or what you can do. Only you have that right, that ability. We define who we become. We define who we are, who we want to be. We go out into the world and we determine what careers that we're gonna take or what we're gonna do to make money or we also go out there and and develop the various different skill sets that help us within our lives to, to make those decisions. Sometimes we make the wrong decisions. And it's interesting because when we make those wrong decisions, God lets us know. He sets obstacles inside of our path that become almost like a sign telling you to turn around, to go back. And when those obstacles become so great, we know that we're either on the right path or the wrong path. It's an interesting time to be alive. There's a quote I'm looking for. I'm going to find it here in one second. And I've said this before here. It was a note written by a Confederate soldier during the Civil War. And when it comes to the world that we're in today, this is something to keep in mind, to remember, because this is the truth we've all asked for what's happening in the world although we might not like how it unfolds we've all asked for this we wanted our country back we wanted our rights our freedoms our liberties back we wanted a representative democracy that operated in this republic that actually represented the people representatives that that respected their constituents And I know you and me and everybody else have been praying for this day and night. And so I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need for God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. Another variation of this is I asked for strength and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity. And God gave me brain and brawn to work. I asked for courage and God gave me danger to overcome. I asked for love and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted and received everything I needed. Because that's what God does. God sets that path for you. When you say that I want my country back, when you say I want to learn the truth, when when you say I want a place that my grandchildren can grow up with, grow up in and have the same opportunities, rights, freedom, liberties as I did, God has set that path. And in order for all of that to happen, all of this happening right now has to occur. When you asked for, I want my country back, God set into the motion all the opportunities in the world to get your country back. But from that comes suffering. From that comes pain. Because in order to do what needs to be done, we have to have the strength. We have to have the wisdom. We have to have the courage. And we have to have the love. And most of us haven't had the Dangerous and critical opportunities in these lives to understand what those truly are. Some of us have, but we help the others, we guide them through. And when we're talking about something as large as the United States of America, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, when we're talking about something that large and important, it's not for the few who are already awakened, but for the masses. Who sit readily within their slumber, who have to be startled and woken up, heart racing and beating, wondering where the emergency is. That's what's happening right now. That is God's plan. That is the path that we see. That what is occurring right now is the mass awakening of humanity to the evil that has perpetuated its clasp upon humanity. That has arranged a wide variety of slavery throughout this world for a very long time. And their dark secrets and deceptions are coming to the surface. Out of the darkness into the light. And with every day that passes, more and more people awaken to the truth. The hard pill to swallow. The truth that they most likely didn't ask for. But simply because they opened their eyes from their slumber, they have seen it. And it's because you prayed to save the country. To restore liberty and justice. To gain back our freedoms and our rights. Because there's been so much... So much value that has been placed upon that Constitution so much bloodshed and death, men and women, tears, lives ruined, just to make sure that this country survived. And so when we take our prayers and cries to God and say, God save our country, God doesn't take it lightly. God sets a path and knows How to make this successful. How to get back that which we have lost. But that journey, that adventure, it is a hard one. It is a rough road. It is full of bloodshed, tears. It is full of pain. And it is a battle with evil. Because ultimately, to restore that which was once created we have to defeat the domain that is now succumbed it and evil rises up when good men wake ready for the battle but luckily for us the morning sun is rising and soon it will be high noon and the light of the world will enlighten us all and show us the path, the freedom to justice, back to our constitution, and the reestablishment of justice within this country. I believe it, and I know you believe it. And that's why we're here. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Have a great day. We'll see you guys tomorrow.